Okay, and uh, just out of curiosity, why, like, why, like, why did you guys? Why am I here? Josh vs. Josh, Season 5, It's Resurrection Time. Josh vs. Josh was dead, but now they're back again. Sweet shows and amazing guest stars. Ryan Wright shot lasers from the Death Star. Matt zipped in and he zipped out, but no one knows what he was talking about. JDS took a rest, he spread his wings and flew far, far away. But now he's back to rule the paw game. Spitting on a little guy's face, eating ice cream and potting all over the place. Tom Nook is a crook but Corey is working hard for the bells only paypal lemon friends and family for that guy sells. jazz says sticky food makes it hard to wipe especially when you're up potting all dang night takes a break to read some 17 steve buscemi on the cover of his magazine recycle some jokes and bring the garlic bread because josh versus josh is back potting again yeah Corey, you want to go ahead and do the intro and then okay. we'll get into it? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Josh vs. Josh or JVJ. We'll edit that. Uh, I'm your host, Corey Hatfield. With me is Josh Hatfield. Yes. And Josh Stout. Yeah. Uh, special guest, Tal Bachman. Do you go by, is it Tal? Am I saying that right? Yes. Okay. So that is correct. That is correct. <laughs> well, originally the plan was... You asked why we why we wanted John here. The original plan was to trick JDS into thinking you wrote harem novels, but Corey screwed it up by being really bad at it. How did I screw up? I said he's the leading author of harem novels. But you <laughs> smiled and laughed. When you it said was it. through text message. I actually I don't know what those are. Oh well, um, it's good on you, honestly. No, no, tell them all about it. No, I'm not going to. But um, it's. I feel like that when you have led a, a good life and you've done many things, you don't have time to know what harem novels are. And that's that's the sign of a life well lived. <laughs> I listen to a lot of audiobooks, so I accidentally found out what they are. <laughs> I Googled it. Was it a secret or something? Or what is... Oh, harem what? novels? No, it's like yeah. where, where one dude has like nine chicks trying to get with him. Okay. All right. No comment there, but okay. So you haven't secretly wrote any of those? In my mind, possibly. I no, I just, uh, no, I don't know. I'm not the author of any of this. So not yet, but there's a lot of not books yet. behind you. I'm still doing research. I'm, you know. Oh yeah. Well, jokes on them. I actually did a little bit of research on you before we came on here today. So I, I was, I, I kind of figured that you didn't write harem novels. Um, because, uh, because you do all kinds of stuff. The one thing I, I, I gotta know about, it says on Wikipedia that, that you are a political commentator. Well, I have done a bit of that. Yeah. I, uh, I was a poli sci major at university and then, uh, well, let's see, I've done a few things in Canada. I'm a dual citizen, so I've kind of lived half my life in each country. So do you I prefer one over the other? <laughs> Uh, there's lots to like. Uh, there's lots to like. Uh, a lot to like about both places. Yeah. Well, they have Tim Hortons here in America now. So I understand. I mean, I, I don't really get the <laughs> Tim Hortons thing, but you know, people like. I don't it. really either. I just, yeah, I've I don't never get heard it. Canadians say that. I mean, I went. Yeah, I, I. I mean, I live in. You know, I've I've been in British Columbia for a while now. Um, 
but I remember like in you know 20 years ago or something, and I, I was playing with my dad, maybe over 20 years ago, I was playing in my dad's band, and we did a little tour to Ontario. And it was before the donut shop explosion had gotten to the West Coast. And I, I just remember being blown away by the amount of donut shops in that greater Toronto area. I mean, it was just totally crazy. And it was, it was literally... Well, I, okay, I later read that Canada has more donut shops per capita than any country in the world. Anyway, I, I went, I just, I, so I showed up in Toronto and there was a donut shop on one corner, a donut shop on the next corner, a donut shop, kitty corner. It was, it was every corner for you know, block after block after block. And it was Tim Hortons and other donut shops. But I mean, I've never really gotten into that whole scene. So like I said, I don't really get it, but whatever. Yeah, a gas station donut's just as good for me. <laughs> yeah. And it's like $2 cheaper. Yeah. Do you, anyway. do you feel weird being the only Canadian who doesn't love donut shops? Because <laughs> um, clearly you are. If there's three on every block. Well, that's in Ontario. I mean, I and I guess they're pretty popular around here. Um, well, I mean, yeah, okay, sure. I, I mean, I guess there is a, you know, I'm not really part of the donut demo, you, you might call it. <laughs> yeah, not that unusual for me. But. So he loves blockbusters too. <laughs> Did what did you find it hard? Uh, so you 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 studied uh, poli sci, right? Yeah. Did you find it hard? Because I'm assuming you weren't studying Canadian politics. No, I no, I, I was at an uh, an American university. Right. You went to the University of Ohio. No, I didn't. Right? No. <laughs> I swear, idiot. I, I you made us look like a fool. I apologize for this. I you're, swear that is what no. Wikipedia says. No, my so mother lived. And my mother lived at the time in a uh, small town. It was a kind of a nice, tidy college town in northern Utah, and where Utah State University is. Oh, so this was uh, a couple of years after high school, and I really didn't know what else to do. So I wound up at her house, and then I decided to enroll in a few classes, and I just kept going. So you're not planning on becoming prime minister of Canada? Uh, no, I have no plans to do that, although I don't think I could do a worse job than the guy we currently have. Wait, actually, can you, can you be the prime minister? Yeah, he, for sure. Your current one seems great. Didn't he fall downstairs? And Wait a minute. Like, you have dual citizenship, so could you be yes, prime minister and president at the same time? Um, you have to be a natural-born citizen. That's, that's an interesting, yeah. You have to be a natural-born citizen, and that's, there's some but dispute you, over what that means. My mother was an American citizen when I was born. But I wasn't naturalized until some years after I was born. So, like Ted Cruz, at least can say, "Well, as fast as we could get it done, I got my citizenship all sorted." But that didn't happen with me until I was like 15 or something. So I really don't know. You could be governor. That's just. I could as be good governor. I could be prime minister. I think I could actually be prime minister of England. Because I don't think. Oh I think if you're just in the Commonwealth or something. Anyway, so I could maybe do like Man, you could you, you could bring us all together. You should totally go rule for it. I bet it pays good. Yeah, I could rule the world. Oh my gosh, that'd be that'd be pretty awesome, right? <laughs> that seems like a horrible job to me, to be honest. But I didn't study poli sci, okay, or know on. what poli sci is. We so. have we have the line of succession, right? Do you have to be a natural born citizen to be uh, vice president? Well, I would assume so. 
I don't think you do, but I think you would get skipped. Like there's, they skip. I feel like they can skip you. Well, how how can you? I mean, I mean, if being a natural born citizen is a qualification for president, you know, that's like saying, could you could you choose a twelve year old as your vice president? I mean, that doesn't seem like it would work because you would. There's a question. I understand where you're coming from, but I mean. There's a line of succession, so eventually someone in that line gets to not have to be a natural-born citizen. That's true. So who's mm. third in line? Is speaker. The speaker of the speaker. House. Yeah. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get you elected Speaker of the House. <laughs> we're gonna get some figureheads to be president and vice president. And they're gonna step down. Oh, good. I thought you were gonna do. <laughs> I this. thought you were gonna go assassinate the president. We're not doing. Again. We're not doing an eagle eye. Thing. <laughs> oh, okay. And then you be prime minister, and then you just kind of marry the two countries. Yeah. Yeah. Move into the British Parliament, and who knows what could happen. Rename it. I Tim see. I don't know if that would work though, because I feel like if if it was that easy to get America back into into Britain, the Queen would have done it. Queen of England would have. Uh, She's wily. Some kind of ploy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think they tried though, didn't they? I mean, wasn't that kind of War of eighteen twelve? You know, the, I think they just gave up after that. Do they have way more money than us? Because we have that big old debt. Maybe they could just pay off the debt and we'll just slide right in. I think everyone's got debt. Even England? But they have uh, all that castle money. You keep you countries countries buy debt from other countries to keep the economies strong. That one dude from that that shit you like, the after day tomorrow tonight guy. Okay. He bought all Jamie that medical Oliver? debt. Yeah, that's yeah, he bought it like four years ago. Yeah, but he did it. So he did, why doesn't yeah. he just do more of that? He he see if he wants my debt. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so if we start talking to each other and ignoring you, feel free to bust in and interject, because we tend to do that. That's okay. Yeah, no worries. So are you a big reader? It seems like you have a huge uh, library behind you. Um, well, I, I, I have been for much of my life, although I kind of ramped down a, a few years ago. And then I just, um, yeah, we just moved into this new place, and I cut down my library, so feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, you got rid of you a lot too of many books in your house. It's detrimental. Yeah, you got yeah. rid of all your Gossip Girl books. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know the Archie collection that had to go. Um, the Harlequin romances. Yeah, I mean, I no, I mean, I Gossip Girl right here. We could sign and send to you. Yeah. Yeah, you, you got to show me some of that harem fiction you're talking about. There. <laughs> um, um, yeah, well, I, I, I had this thing. I mean, I, I don't know where to begin with this. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, before we were all rocking with uh, smartphones and stuff. I mean, I, I was sort of curious about lots of stuff, and I did buy a lot of books. In fact, I, that was my one indulgence with all my royalty checks from like the big song that I had with Columbia records is I, I blew a lot of it on books that way. Um, so I wound up with a, a whole lot of books and, um, put them in storage and moved around a little bit, but I just weeded through them all. And I was actually quite embarrassed at some of the stuff that I'd collected over the years. You know, it's useless. Oh, don't, don't be embarrassed. I literally wrote a useless book. So yeah, what was it? It's called slime girl. Like a novel? Yeah. Okay. 
a slime girl. Now, was this a sort of trashy erotic fiction kind of thing, or what, what was it? <laughs> it sounds that way, but it's not. It's like a it's like a futuristic. It's very highbrow erotic. <laughs> it's not yeah. erotic in the least. I I was surprised about it, but it's about a very unattractive girl in a like a a world where you go to college on like through the internet. Did that explain it? No. Like, have cool. you seen uh, Ready Player One? No. <laughs> have you Sorry. heard of it? No. What do you, I don't even know what you guys are talking about. What, what is that? What we normally, the people we normally interview, it's hard to step back from this. We normally interview people who write uh, game lit or lit RPG, okay. which are all books that take place in video games. Okay. So I, I have stumbled into a world that I have no familiarity with but, yeah. it, but it feels robust and vivid it, it, it is yeah. that's the way i'm gonna that's we're just gonna put that we're gonna put that up at the front of the podcast robust okay. and vivid yeah if you love political science you will <laughs> love lit rpg okay <laughs> you make me feel like um a worse person for having <laughs> for for knowing yeah what this stuff is um <laughs> yeah we all have our niche Shrugged. interests right you know like, i wrote a children's book if that <laughs> yeah did you yeah yeah it's called the haunted living room okay yeah it's like 18 pages well it's a children's book if it were much longer they wouldn't yeah the kids would get bored yeah <laughs> so I'm aiming towards my audience. His audience is two kids. Yeah. Okay. Which I think is a good thing. You can show them that you can write a book and publish it on your own. Yeah. They're going to think they could do anything. Yeah. So you got an agent and stuff? No. Self-published. Okay. I mean, did you sell any copies or? Uh, yeah. I've, I only sold seven. I bought one. <laughs> I accidentally bought one, so I guess I technically only sold six. It only takes you one. You sold way more than that. Yeah, I did. All right. I sold about a hundred copies. I. Uh, it only takes one though, right? It only, yeah. I mean, one person that gets a hold of it and then they spread it. It's like a virus. Yeah, the lady. I went to the my local library today, and the lady there, the clerk, told me she read your book and liked it. Oh, really? Yeah. Only she read it at the library, so you didn't see any of that money. <laughs> yeah, so. It's not about the money. That's Just like cool. Al says, it's not about the money. <laughs> pretty cool. That's pretty cool. If you, I mean, if you just had one person read a book you wrote and said that, you know, meant a lot to them, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. not as Supposing big as Supposing they're not guy. lying, right? I don't care if they're lying. As long as they say things that make me feel good. Okay. <laughs> it's all about your jobs. Yeah, I, I, work with, I work in a factory with a lot of people, and I've had people quote things we said on the podcast before, and you would think that would make me feel good, but I just don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> mm. You just say too much shit, and then you never remember it. Yeah. So uh, so what are you doing Are you doing now? Are you still rocking out? Uh, yeah, I've got a few projects on the go, and... Um... Actually, here in Victoria, where I live, uh, my partner and I are just uh, gearing up to do sort of a, sounds kind of odd on the face of it, but it's turning out to be really cool and fun is um, like a production with the, the uh, Ballet Victoria. So, you know, the city ballet. So it's been pretty cool. That does sound cool. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. awesome. I'm assuming you play guitar. I think I saw a picture of you <laughs> rocking out with a guitar. Yeah, play guitar, piano, uh, drums, some other, some other things. 
So did you record all your own stuff on your album? Yeah, you just had um, one album, right? Two. Two albums. Yeah, one was the Columbia Records one, and then the second one was sort of a Canada-only release, although the record company went bankrupt like the week that it came out, so it you know, didn't really, you know. I'm sure really, that's not your fault. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't beat yourself up over yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think it was my fault. Um, well, I did, I, I, I was originally, when I got my original record deal with Columbia Records, my what I wanted to do was just sit in a studio with Bob Rock, who was going to help me produce that record and just play everything myself, because why mess around with... Yeah, I mean, at the time, I didn't have a band, and I thought, well, you know, where am I going to find great guys? Or, where, like, where am I going to find guys that that are just going to kind of naturally... I guess I, sorry, I'm stuttering. I mean, what I'm trying to say is, like, I already knew all the parts, and I could play all the parts, so why would I bring in a band? You know, why would I do a bunch of auditioning and stuff? As it happened, the the guy that I met up with who wanted to be my manager said, no, let's let's find guys. We'll do auditions here in Los Angeles. There's like, you know, hundreds of guys trying to find a gig. And that'll be the touring band. And maybe we can turn that into a... Maybe these guys can kind of become entities in and of themselves, you know, as, as your side man. You know, like the Richie Sambora with John Bon Jovi kind of idea sort of thing. So I was like, okay, sure, if we can find them, that's great. So we found some really great guys. Um, and two of them actually are still on, they're, they're touring with, they're in Alice Cooper's band right now, you know, oddly enough, you know, they've done well for themselves. A couple other guys that I found, um, I feel a little bit of a, a pride in this because the, the guys that over those few years I kind of plucked from obscurity have gone on to like, you know, really nice careers. Um, a couple other guys were on some of the, uh, big TV shows like the, uh, what is it like the, uh, you know, uh, was it like America's Got Talent or what? I can't. I don't, I don't oh know. yeah, like the, those the kinds voice of shows. And stuff like, that. You know, like yeah, the voice. Like they were in the bands, right? So you know, making really good money. Anyway, so I found um, some a uh, great drummer, great bass player, um, uh, good guitar player that came along with us for a while. Uh, really nice uh, keyboard player, and they came and they they kind of laid down their parts. They left. We recorded that record in Maui. Um, they were there for a month or so, laid down their That's basic so parts. It was tough. It was a tough. Yeah. yeah anyway, um, and then I, I I just did all the overdubs. I played like all the other extra keyboard parts. I played a lot of the guitar. So that's cool. That's how it went. So so I also saw that there was a re-record of the song "She's So High" in 2013. Yes. Was that where you okay. got to do what you wanted to do? I don't know what that is. What was that? I don't know. I saw it on Amazon today. Oh, was it that I did it? Yeah. Did I do it? Oh, we might have done. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I can't keep track of these things. Oh, I, I, I that yeah, that might have happened. I I didn't put it up anywhere. I mean, I, I think well, on one occasion, I have a memory of like on one occasion doing it live version. So do you uh, still get those high notes like in the the yeah. two thousand song? Yeah. Like, you definitely have a different sound than most like two thousand songs because you you can go higher and lower. But I was listening to Billy Joel and his like 10 years ago, he sounds like a completely different person to me. Mm. So I just didn't know like if with age you, well, I don't, how old were you when you did that? Did puberty hit? Is- <laughs> yeah, I was 29 or something when I did that. Uh, yeah, 30. So yeah, I, I can still hit it, but it's not exactly fun trying to hit that note on stage no. um so i your mean styles it's changed a bit well it was it was tough even at the time to hit that note consistently because at the time that i wrote 
well, I guess we're talking about she's so high, right? At the time I wrote that, you know, I, I mean, I was totally desperate, right? I was like, you know, I gotta write a hit song, and why? And then I came up with that song, and I thought, okay, well, I'll just pitch it so that for the word high, I'll hit the high note, you know, <laughs> matching. Um, so I pitched it, yeah, it um, yeah. So I pitched it so I would just hit leap up to the falsetto. So I mean, even at the time, it was it was tough to get that note on stage because your falsetto tends to be low, you know, it's lower intensity than your chest voice. And it still is that, tough to get. That explains why your next song was She's So Low. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so, since then, uh, since the, uh, well, in, in having to perform that song, <clears throat> trying to get that note every night that I've ever played, you know, since has kind of led me to pitch my songs lower now than I, than I did at the time. Well, Just let the audience do it. Just stop yeah. at that point. Mm. Let them yeah. get that note. I do have to... Okay, I don't know. This might make you mad or whatever. I don't know. Do Do you hate that song now? No. No, I've never no? hated it. No. Do you sing it in the shower? No. Okay. No. What do no, you No, I mean, it's, it's hard to... I mean, it's hard to hate a song. I mean, just to, to, you know, bro down here. I mean, it's hard to hate a song that you that you lived off of for two decades, you know? I mean, yeah. they did pretty well, you know? Um, and you know, one, one reason I don't hate it is because there's really nothing about the, the, the presentation or the production of that song that I would change. Mm. So I think what about the music video, would you make it like <laughs> more cohesive? <laughs> oh, I wish I would have watched that. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's an interesting question. Well, okay. On that, if you're interested in that, I, I wanted to do a fairly straight ahead video for that song. And my my managers at the time, I had like by the time it came, to, you know, by the time it came time to do that video, I had I had the big rock management firm. I, w I was at the big rock management place, and they insisted, and the record company insisted that no, we couldn't just sort of put the the, the idea of the song onto tape. We had to do something creative and artistic, and we we should really get. Uh, somebody involved that was, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a an up and coming or an already established video music video director, right? And so they opened it up, and so we got dozens and dozens of treatments or proposals for what the video for that song would be like. And I and I have to say, most of them were just, you would never ever believe how bad they were. They were so. They were. It was just. It had nothing to do with the song. It was like the director was trying to make his own little miniature movie and the song would have been completely incidental. And so we went around and around about what videos and I'm like, can we just do something simple? This is getting way, really complicated. I don't want to dress up like Dracula. I don't want to do, you know, I, I, you know, I don't want to do the R2-D2 thing. I mean, none of these things have anything to do. They're all complete tangents from like geeks, you know, music video geeks. Now, not, not, not in every case. Some of them were pretty good. And some of the people that sent in proposals have since gone on to be very successful movie directors. And I'm like kicking myself now. I could have been buddies James with Cameron, these people. Larry Doyle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Spielberg. Yeah, I mean, he was... You wanted Transformers to be in all the videos. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so where I'm going is um, finally we came up with a video, did the video... Um, the management team didn't like the video. And if you can believe it, like the budgets, I mean, this is the, like 1999, this is like the late 90s. So this is right before 
the music industry hits the iceberg and sinks like the Titanic. So the money is exploding. And so the, the budgets for the music videos were, were astronomical um, by today's standards. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they got this music video. And all of a sudden, I got the phone. goes, hey, we don't like it. We don't like this video. We, 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 we want to do it over again. We're calling the your record company. You know, we're just going to do a redo. You know, we're just... And I'm like, well, yeah, well, that puts, I mean, that puts me in the hole for like hundreds of thousands of extra dollars because they're taking every, well, listen, listen, we got to do a new one. This isn't working. It's not cutting. So by the time it, by the time we got to like a second video, they wanted to do a second video. The song had not come out yet. So this is all during the prep, like the preparation phase. The six months before She's So High is like released a radio and pushed. And now they wanted to do a second video. I was honestly, I was so frazzled. I was so fried at dealing with these manager guys and the guys at the record company and like 20 video treatments every two or three days to weed through that were lousy. I, I just said, I said, like at the end, I said, okay, you guys are the experts. You've sold tens of millions of dollars, sorry, tens of millions of units of albums. This is my management company at the time. I mean, they'd had, you know, Madonna, Stone Temple Pilots, Def Leppard, they still had Metallica, they still do have Metallica, and they had like tons and tons of big acts. I said, you guys just pick a treatment, I don't even care anymore, I'm so fried, I will just show up and do whatever these guys tell me. So I, by the time, it, you know, so that's what actually would happen. I got a, th a thing that said, you know, we booked you a plane ticket. The guys from the band are going to be there. You go to this you know, spa. They put you in a car. You're just going to play through the song a few times. There's some girl with a balloon or a cop or something. <laughs> I, was, I, I was, you know, and they were like, well, we found this girl. She's an Italian actress. And um, she's in Los Angeles, you know, Hollywood, trying to make it big in North America. We got her. I'm like, I, I don't care. Whatever. I, <laughs> I, I got to get anybody. I don't want to hear about the video anymore. I was so frazzled. So we showed up. We played through the song maybe three times in a room, me and the guys in the band, and we left. And I don't think I've, I don't even know if I ever actually watched through the entire video. I mean, I must have. I mean, I, I must have, but I just, you know, I, by, the, by then I just was like, whatever. You know, it was just. Well, spoilers alert. At the end, she jumps into a glass of water. Yeah. Right. That <laughs> strikes me as implausible. You know, yeah, it <laughs> <Trust> is. <laughs> Who was doing the physics for this thing? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe tonight's the night you can watch the video in in full. Yeah, you don't have to. Know. Like, I get, I get why you wouldn't want to. You saw how the hot dog was made. You don't want to eat it now. <laughs> so, do you remember what the first video was like? It seems yeah. like if you guys just played in the first one, couldn't they take that recording and put it in the second one? Sorry, say again. Like it, like in the second video, all you guys did was play, right? And then they yeah, cut. yeah. If they, if you just played in the first one, uh, couldn't they just cut that out and oh, put I, it? Oh, I had see. to change shirts. <laughs> yeah, that's not how you film, were dressed as Dracula um, in the first one. Right? Yeah. that's not how film works, Corey. I was, no. I was, uh, I was dressed as Christina Aguilera in the first one, and uh, um, <laughs> no, I, well. It, Yes, that's a good question. Um, the, the big complaint from the management team about the first video was that it was too dark. The hues were too dark. And so when I got the phone call, it was like, we, we don't like this video. This song's summary. It's bright. You know, explosions and rainbows. We need colors. What is this? And so, you know, and then that was the, supposedly the problem with the first one. You know, that was sort of a dark road. And 
I, I mean, you, I, I, it sounds like I'm stupid saying this, but like in my defense, um, like I things happen so quickly and I was so kind of unprepared. It's not like there had been a natural progression in experience or confidence or competence on my part when all of that stuff started to happen. I was a complete zero nobody, like totally obscure and broke. And I'd gotten married pretty young and I had little kids and I saw so I had mouths to feed. So the pressure is on. And um, and it was it was almost literally overnight. It was like a Tuesday. My phone rings and a guy says, you know, I heard your cassette tape and I played it for these people and they like it and they want to fly you to New York. Can you leave on Thursday? It was almost that it was literally like a 48 hour thing. And so I I wound up in New York for my this was my original meeting. And I wound up at a publishing company, EMI Publishing in New York. And I walked in and they were like, we, we love your songs. We've heard this. We've heard that. And actually, that was before She's So High. I hadn't even written that song yet. So I'd written a few other songs. And they said, we want to give you a deal and we'll hook you up with a record company. And it was bada bing, bada boom. I mean, all of a sudden, I was I was like in the bigs, but I'd never been to AAA or AA or single A. It was, it was like the Bad News Bears Little League. And so stuff fun. happens. It's a movie. You know, and I, you know, I mean, it, so I... I'm really glad that I, you know, I'm glad I had all those experiences, but I, I wish I could have, I could sort of go back and go through the, those, the, you know, kind of run those hurdles with, with a bit more confidence and awareness. And yeah, I, you I just, wish you had the experience then that you have now. Yeah, and I mean, you're naturally deferring to people that are, you think are just total experts. You know, you look at their resume and it's like they, they broke 10 gigantic acts and, and then you... You find out they're not exactly as infallible as you would think they were, and but you know. Whatever. Next thing you know, you're jumping into a glass of water. <laughs> yes. Next thing you know, there's yeah. an Italian girl jumping into a styrofoam cup. <laughs> but yeah, you know. and if you could go back, you'd know what books not to buy. Yep. Save some True. money. True. Mm. I mean, I you put all of that uh, money into a Roth IRA or harem books. Don't worry, invest invest in harem books. <laughs> If he if he could go back in time, there'd be all harems behind him. I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just I'm sure that first video is a jewel. Like I bet if you if you released it now, you'd have like a resurgence. Um. So we also we read something about you playing rugby. Yeah. What do you guys? Play? Right winger. No, we we actually want you to explain rugby to us. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's that's the one with the funny football, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, this is yeah. Just lump it. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. The impromptu crash course in the greatest sport on earth. Okay. Let's see. Well, it's 15 on 15. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. That lot must of be people. hard to get a pickup game. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can play with five guys, 10 guys, whatever. You can do whatever you want, right? You know, so Olympics has like sevens rugby now, right? So it's just seven on seven. But, uh, but proper rugby is a team of 15 against another team of 15. The field is roughly the size of a football field. It's about 100 yards or 100 meters. They use, they use meters in rugby. Um, stop me if I start boring you. Um, the, uh, okay, well, I mean, the, you know, you score. Obviously, you try to score more points than the other team. There's different ways to score. One way to score is you run across the try line. So, you, in effect, you run into the end zone, and then you touch the ball down onto the ground. So this is where 
the word touchdown comes from. Of course, football is the descendant of rugby, right? So, so you actually have to touch the ball down. So if you, so if you were to run into the try zone, or the end zone, if you're talking, if you're comparing it to football, and somebody were to like grab you and tackle you, and you never actually touch the ball to the ground, it's no score. But if you do touch the ball to the ground, you get five points. Then you get a conversion kick like in football, and that's two points. Okay. Um, you can do a drop goal, which you're still actually, I think you're, I think you're actually still allowed to do that in football where you can actually just, if nobody ever does it, but where you drop the ball, you could be running around in front of the uprights, drop the ball onto the ground. And as soon as it bounces up from the ground, you just kick it. If you get it through the uprights, you get three points. So that's Mm -hmm. another way to score. And then the last way to score is if you, you get a penalty and they'll give you the equivalent of a field goal attempt. So your team A Team B commits a penalty, and you're, say, 35, 40 meters from the, the uprights. You just put the ball on a little tee. Guy kicks it, and if you get it through, you get another three points. So it's, it's fancy football, both no pads. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a there's more to it than that, but that's that's what the scoring is like. It is uh, full contact, too, right, isn't it? It's, you guys don't play flags. <laughs> no, no flag. It's full, it's full contact. You can't, you can't hit a guy above the neck. You can't go clothesline guys or punch guys in the throat or anything like that. They'll, they'll get thrown out. So it's like shoulders, you know, shoulders down, tackle. So uh, I should say this. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a free-flowing game. So they're not the referee is not stopping the play after there's a tackle. So you get 15 guys. Say your team has the ball. So anyone of those 15 guys can run with the ball, pass the ball, kick the ball. You can pump the ball down down the field um you can let's say uh, so yeah so you can anyone's everyone is calling plays or running or passing or catching or whatever or kicking whatever they want um yeah i mean the, the rest of it is a little bit difficult to to to, to explain you, you don't have to get into yeah. every crevice of the rule book just strategies you could you, you could have told us it's just football we would have been okay well you're blowing a lot of people's minds because in america no one knows that rugby exists yeah yeah, it's a pity because, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. Um, and, I mean, you know, football is a great game. Uh, one, of the, one of the differences, though, which I, the guys that I know that played football that now play rugby is that because anyone can do anything at any time, you know, like I, like I have buddies that played college football in the U.S. and they never, they never actually touched the football. They're linemen. Right? Yeah, there's way too many rules. There's a zillion, defense. Yeah, there's a zillion rules, and then you get guys like that in, you know, one of the cool things about rugby is you, get, you need guys of every shape and size. You need the five-foot, seven-inch guy. You need the six-five guy. You need everybody in between, and like I said, anybody can do anything, so you're all carrying, smashing, tackling, and it's it's tons of fun, and, and there's like a big social element, too, so that the, the rugby clubs are kind of social hubs. Is rugby the, the one where, like, when they kick the ball, they, like, they jump up on people's shoulders to catch it? Or is that, that's like yeah. Australian football or something. Or is that rugby? Uh, yeah, so in, in you know, there's like. There's no rules in rugby, from what I understand. No, there's, no, there's rules. Uh, yeah, so I think you're talking about the what they call the line out. So when there's, when there's a stoppage in play in rugby, if somebody kicks the ball out of bounds, um, then, you know, like in soccer, the kid will stand at the side of the, field and like you know throw the ball in over his head you've seen that in soccer right 
Yeah. You guys have seen a soccer game. Okay. So, I mean, I, I like it's sort of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it baffles I, me that soccer is so popular, but rugby, the more manly sport, didn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> that does seem feel wrong, doesn't it? Soccer is just <laughs> running. With soccer other is not manly. You. Soccer is a team of people trying to get fouls called. By faking injuries. I, I agree that there <laughs> needs to be some changes, but and there, yeah. and there are some things that can be done, but... Where is Congress on this? Exactly. I, they don't. I, I mean, I... They don't care, especially about your indoor soccer leagues. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's tough for me to watch soccer because you have guys with incredible skills, there's no question about that, but like you say, um, Josh, is it's basically a bunch of guys running around taking dives. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's exaggerating a little bit, but I mean, it's like what what soccer team is there whose main strategy is not get into the penalty area and then fall over and hope that the guy gives you a penalty, like a free kick. I, I mean, to me, it's ridiculous. I mean, every once in a while, you get some guy who might be tempted to embellish something in a rugby game. It's very, very rare, though, because as soon as it happens, everybody just makes total fun of them including their own teammates like forever i mean you just be teased and they're all your best buddies right so you just be teased forever like literally everyone will be would be laughing at you so so do you do you play just like with your buddies or do you play for is there no. professional rugby um so i i stopped playing like about six years ago but um yeah up until then uh, i no i i played for so here in Victoria, there's four teams, four four clubs, and so there's, there's so there's guys on the national team that play at our club level. So it's it's not pro, it's like amateur clubs. This is not professional rugby in Canada. It's only Did you now, huh? Did they pay you? No, no, it's no, it's just. So you no, it's just a total blast. You know, it's like a totally insane. It's like being trapped in like the most exciting video game of all time. You know, it's like I remember like when I when I like this is years ago, like like frontline medal of honor, you know, like drop behind enemy lines and you're like one man against the Nazi war machine. You know, you, you can get totally sort of sucked into it. It's like that, except like times 100 because it actually it actually feels like that's kind of silly, but it actually feels like you're at the Battle of Agincourt or something. I mean, it's super hyper real. You make a mistake and you're you get smashed. You know, you smash another guy. I mean, you're in trouble. You're about to get trampled. Your buddies like save you, and it's this rolling kind of rollicking, super intense. It's like you've dropped a, like taken some bizarre drug. And you're like in a, in a trance state and like somebody put a virtual reality thing on your head. I mean, it's like totally, it's totally addictive. And it's one of those things that's so kind of, it's almost dysfunctionally addictive because even when you get beat up or you break bones or you, you know, you know, you're bleeding or whatever and these weird things happen and not necessarily on purpose. It's like accidents, right? You get trampled or something, but you know, you you still can't, it's like this bizarre lust that has consumed you and you're like I can't wait to get back out there you know this is gonna be amazing you know, I can't yeah. wait to piss blood this is gonna be great my toenail fell so, off so it gives week. you like a rush to play like uh, you like an adrenaline rush that lasts it's like for... a huge crazy adrenaline rush combined with like an acid trip or something and it's and it's See, like I and, think being on stage in front of a bunch of people would be just as like. Uh, just of a high. No, it's not even. Are you kidding? You're no, like, this whatever. is like. No, this is like. 
No, this is like you're in medieval combat. This is like, it's like, you know... When you're on like stage, you don't need to hurt Yeah, maybe next time you're on stage, you start tackling people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 this is... But well, I mean, here's I, the headline: I, Kyle Bachman breaks ballet dancer's spine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Anyway, yeah, uh, <laughs> you wouldn't know. You guys don't know this, but the Rugby World Cup, the one, once every four years, is happening right now, and we have the semifinals coming up this weekend. Why do you think we asked you on? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we've been following your rugby career for a while. <laughs> Yeah. And now that we know what rugby is, we're two steps up. And now that we know six it was years six behind. years behind. Yeah. So did you ever hurt anybody playing rugby? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, not, on pur- on not on purpose, but uh, yeah, I, I uh, stomped a few guys by accident. Like um, They it, had it coming. <laughs> yeah, I got uh, banged up a few times, went to the hospital uh, a couple times, you- but... Any broken bones or anything on you? Yeah, I broke my finger. Um, That's not uh, a big deal. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, no big deal, right? <laughs> I thought I, I know, I, I mean, I did. Yeah, I got, I got a, a few concussions. I got my foot stomped on a few times, so I had to have surgery on my foot. Um, oh my um, gosh! Uh, this uh, yeah, tore my rotator, tore my rotator cuff, uh, broke my finger. Uh, what else? Uh, meniscus tear. That's no big deal. Um, Let's go find our local rugby club, Josh. Yeah, what, yeah. It's uh, a hard thing to explain. Um, I don't know. It's just so much fun. I don't know. Um, yeah, you, you sound like one of those tough boys. We we try to avoid that stuff. Oh, this guy here has big plans to join a curling club. Yeah. Uh, so I, I figured, contact curling. Well, no, now listen, now listen, hear me out, because I feel like at my age, I I'm turning thirty in a couple months. At my age, the only way for me to become an Olympic athlete is probably curling, because I mean you can curl into your forties, right? And and curling's not a big thing in the United States, and there's a curling club yeah. an hour away. Mm. It could happen. Don't burst my bubble, Corey. I don't know. Your hand-eye coordination sucks. I we went curling, <laughs> and I was pretty good. Were you? Who, went, who did you go curling with? We went curling with like a, there was a group of us. They were all, he took a blind, <laughs> blind group. To Nobody curl. remembers it but him. But it happened. Well, I was gonna say curling. Curling looks like one of those things that that is harder than it looks like on TV. Yeah. Who's, are you going to be the broom guy or the curling I did, guy? We did it. We did it all. We did it all. <laughs> did you have special curling shoes? Yeah. No, we had we had a, a like thing you step on. Ooh. So why not just do shuffleboard? Uh, shuffleboard's good, but I don't think it's, it's an warm Olympic curling, sport. as they call it. Maybe it's not an get... Olympic sport. He knows all about curling, being <laughs> living in Canada. I'm they curl. Sure. They That's curl all they the talk road. about curling and uh, yeah, donuts. Tim and donuts. He has yeah. curl donuts nonstop. Yeah. And they're loonies and they're toonies. No. That's true, yeah. I actually don't know too much about curling. Um, no curling, one does. Curling gets popular. Yeah, curling gets popular on the other side of the mountains. So we're, because where we are, I mean, the, the sports are kind of regional, right? Um, and so where we are, we don't really have winters. So once you once you get past those mountains, though, it's just my mind is blown. You yeah, don't Corey, have a winter. I thought Canada was like what a lot of people don't know about Canada is there's there's actually two Canadas. There's right Canada and left Canada, <laughs> uh-huh. and they're they're completely different places. Is that true? And there's a mountain. 
right <laughs> Canada and wrong Canada. Well, you know, the, you might have, you know, the Cascade mountain range comes up through Washington and it comes up into British Columbia. So if you're west of those mountains, you have very a very mild climate. Um, Vancouver has a climate kind of like Seattle, so it's rainy. Um, and sometimes they do get, you know, storms and stuff in the winter, but they don't get anything like the severe winters that you would get in the Midwest. Uh, nothing like that. Nothing like Chicago or anything like that. But um, if you come further west out to where we are on Vancouver Island, the weather gets way better still. So so we rarely get snow or anything. We rarely even get So snow. you're like the Florida of Canada? We're definitely <laughs> the Florida of Canada. Yeah. Sure. In this town we are. So you said you, you kind of just said if you come out to Vancouver Island, we're going to edit that into you inviting us to your house. So <laughs> we're excited well, to be there. Yeah, we're in, excited. We'll we have will, a big curling. Mess. We only need to split one room. I mean, yeah, that's true. You have so. triple bunk beds, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I do have a loft. You guys can crash in, and there's lots of pubs around here. That's for sure. Pugs? The brew pub. <laughs> pubs. Brew pubs. Oh, pubs. <laughs> you were so, so excited. excited. <laughs> How many pugs are in your house right now? No. None. Pubs. Nope. Pubs. Pubs. Pubs they drink alcohol. Pubs are all right. Dogs that drink. <laughs> hey, best friends. Thanks for listening to JVJ Podcast. This week we have a very special announcement. Your favorite podcast host, Josh Hatfield, published his first book on Amazon. That's right. The long-awaited slime grill is up and ready for you to buy. We'll leave a link in the episode's description. Here's a little bit about the book. In the year 2101, most people spend most of their free time in islands, a virtual world that lets you be whoever you want to be. Sylvia Grohl is a 19-year-old starting college when she learns that relationships can get complicated when you're not being honest. Things take a turn for the worst when she starts receiving creepy packages in the mail. Will she be able to unravel the mystery before it's too late, or will she have to face the consequences of her own actions? Action, adventure, demons, slime girls... This book has it all. Wow, that sounds like one hell of a book. I know I would buy it. How about you? Okay, you guys want to hear these questions that were sent in by Jeremy Ranko? Now, we're life coaches, so you have a lot of life experience, so I feel like you can answer all these questions without any problem. Yeah, he's made me feel like not an adult at all. No. So, continue. By the time... Like he he wasn't he was thirty when he was thirty, he was you know banging chicks and stuff. And you you've never even <laughs> know. seen a boob. I know, Political but like science and whatnot. I feel like I need to rethink my life. I need to get yeah. into rugby. Start. Don't you have a degree in architecture right now that yeah. you don't use? I'm using it currently. I'm designing a a porch. So <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> All right. Big big uh, dreams. Question. Hey, porches need designed too, okay? <laughs> I know you designed some parking lots, but that had nothing It's actually to do a deck. A porch is covered. I'm designing a deck. It's a less prestigious than porch. I was. <laughs> Maybe you could slip a cover on it when they're not looking. I was talking we'll, myself up. Just say that you're. De- we'll just cut out the part where you admit that you're not doing okay. Special. Thanks, Josh. Question one Does age matter in a relationship? Um, well, it's one thing that can matter. Um, Oh, you mean like if the girl's ten? <laughs> well, get in trouble with it would matter. That's... It's, yeah, it's interesting your mind went there, but uh, okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, I mean, it can. I, I mean, I don't think it's that big of a deal. 
No, I'm, I'm in a relationship <laughs> with a lady my same exact age. But I think once you both have to pay a mortgage, it doesn't matter at all. Yeah, I, I mean, I hear people talk about that kind of stuff. And I, I mean, okay, I'm, I'm taking this very seriously, like I actually am a life coach. Um, but, you are. Okay. You, you own so you, many books. Yeah, it, <laughs> that's right. Oh, my You're doing book learning. Well. My book learning. No, I mean, if two adults like each other and they get along, great. I mean, how many how many couples do you know where they're like within three years of each other and they're totally miserable and it never lasts, right? And then you meet some other couple and there's like a ten or fifteen year gap or maybe a, maybe a bigger gap than that. I mean, I know couples where the let's see, I know a couple where the woman is like a ten year over ten years older than the guy, completely happy as clams, life partners forever, and the reverse, right? I mean, I know one guy is like. 52, his girlfriend's 30. Totally happy as clamps, right? Had a little kid. Is he rich? Who cares? No. No. No, if you play your cards right, you don't need to be rich to attract the quality girls. Well, I've been playing my cards wrong. (laughs) Michelle's four years older than me. Four years? Mm -hmm. That's disgusting. We would not have gone to high school. No. But uh, a big perk with this Michelle girl is with she owns her own house. Yep. And she didn't know he lived there for several years. I don't <laughs> so, get that. What you, you, start- just, you just started staying there. You didn't even mention. <laughs> she knew, though. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Did you know she owned a house when you started dating her? I mean, that's a, it's a perk of dating him, but I'm not going <laughs> to deny that, like, that didn't factor into the math. It kind of did. You're like, free house. She got a good dog. That's a good true. dog. That goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any dogs? I do not, uh, but I have in the past, yeah. I'm sorry mm. to hear that, bud. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I did have my soulmate dog companion for a while, but he's gone now. I have two cats. It's miserable. I can't <laughs> stand them most of the time. Yeah. It's Mistakes difficult. were made. <laughs> yeah. It's difficult to deal with the, the feline indifference, right? Well, They just don't care. If you put I mean, out a glass want the of cuddle. water, it's gonna get knocked over. I can't stand <laughs> yeah, it. I know, and they and they want the they want the cuddles, but you could be Hitler or Saddam Hussein, and they don't they don't care, right? They just want the the cuddles. They don't really I'm care sure about Hitler you. Had a dog. He did actually have a dog. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, they. That's what's difficult for me. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I personally have three dogs. Not to be. What kind of dog? Corgis. Because he's trying to impress the queen. queen. I've got two corgis and a silky terrier. And a baby. Who cares? (laughs) I also have a week old son, but that's not important to this podcast. It's all about the dogs with Josh. Okay, so do you? Does anybody think? Oh, we solved it. Yeah, no, solved. Thank you. Next question: Can you be best buds with your boss? Oh, that's your a, boss. Well, no, I think you can. You can be best buds with your boss, but your boss cannot be best buds with you. No. That's well, you don't have anybody that works underneath you, right? Uh, well, that's an interesting no. question. No, you don't. <laughs> We're all at the same level, Corey. Okay, you have a team, a crack team that works underneath you. Yeah. That tries to be your best bud, right? They yeah. Buy your book. They ask you to sign it. Yeah. Do you? Well, you, you made your your. 
your underlings buy your book? Yes. It's <laughs> part of the required reading yeah. for selling carpet and appliances. That's good. Okay. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, we'll go to, you know, the one guy, me and you know, we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. We won't bring him up. He, he's, uh, I'd consider him a friend, and it's hard that he works for me because he's lazy as shit. It's interesting because he works for you at your place, and then he's my boss at a different place, and I also think he's lazy as shit and lies. Yeah. So, does he listen so, to these? Uh, Do what? Does he listen to these? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> no, Will he know? I mean, you guys were speaking I'm in sure code. Sure, he knows. His name is. We won't say his name, but it's. <laughs> A little, okay. That's a little indiscreet. I hear yeah. he's lazy as shit, but yeah. I don't know. Well, he'll figure it out. I'll play it for him if not. <laughs> this is, we all, we set this up just so we could tell him how we feel. So, like, you don't really have a boss, right? You just have. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really. Yeah. I'm but do you have exactly, people that work for you? Well, I have in the past, um, but. At the moment, not really. I mean, in the past, I've had touring bands and stuff. And I yeah, actually, I guess I do. Have, I guess I do have a boss in a way because uh, when my dad goes out on tour, I go and play guitar in his band. So I guess Lockman technically. Turner Overdrive. Yeah, well, he tours under his own name, so he just yeah. goes out as Randy Bachman, and he. Oh, like, I know. So I guess I, he's, I he's a boss. I mean, I wouldn't say yeah. we were besties, but um, we got along. Well, the father-son dynamic probably plays into that. That changes yeah. things. But, like, let's say this. The the admin of your Facebook page. Yeah. That guy or gal works for you. Are you yeah. besties? Um, uh, yeah, I would say so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. He's wow. killing it. Man, that's a girl. Like yeah, that's a, that's, that's a girl, yeah. I have a feeling it's his daughter. No, 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 not my daughter, no. That's my, my love interest. Uh, love interest. Oh. Okay. So, ne- well, you're changing the dynamic. Were you guys besties before the love interest? Uh, actually, we were. Yeah. 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 I mean, we had a few months there where we we palled around a whole lot, and then uh, things evolved. Well, this is a perfect segue into question that's, three. I just want to say that's beautiful, though. You ruined my segue. Thank you. <laughs> it was a perfect segue too. What do women really want in a man? Oh. <laughs> now, I happened to watch this documentary. No. With I know where this is going. Go ahead, though. It, it was called What Women Want. And really, it only explained what What's-Her-Face wanted. What's her name? Helen Keller. Helen. <laughs> no, no <laughs> not, not Helen it. Keller. Not uh, it. Helen Hunt? Helen Hunt, yeah. And, uh... And, uh... I don't know what she wanted, really. A lot of shit. She wanted Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Is that the answer? I think we solved it. Women want men who are like Mel Gibson. Mm. Uh, You know, here's the thing. I don't want to put down women. Tal, I don't want to put down women. But people, people, mostly men, will say things like, women are batshit crazy, right? Not you. You've heard that. I'd say that. But what they don't mention is that men are also batshit crazy. So there's no way to know what anyone wants ever. Now, let me pull a direct quote from a past podcast. <laughs> Girls are stupid, Josh Hadfield. I don't think I said that. I, I, we can find the clip. Yeah, you can't. 
there's thousands of hours of podcasts. So you're not going to comb through it to find a clip of me saying girls. I was just playing. It's in every episode. I think I think he knows. Yeah, yeah. You have a love interest and an admin for your Facebook group. Yeah. Um, How long do we have for this? I mean, we could go on for hours about just this question alone. Um, It doesn't hurt if you're a rock star and a rugby player. Like, that doesn't hurt. (laughs) Yeah, did you have abs and shit? I met women like that. Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty I was pretty fit back there when I was back then when I was playing. Um, okay, well they're human, so what they want can change from moment to moment, day to day, hour to hour, and and um, they like like men. You you know they they have conflicting desires. They want they want things that are mutually incompatible they can't have both things you know it's kind of like i want you know like a guy you know it's like i want a great woman who'll be like loyal and by my side and i'll devote myself to her forever and we'll create a beautiful family and i want to go have sex with those 15 women over there i mean you know it's pretty you know humans tend he to be messy. has red hair man um, he has red hair yeah I mean, so you have conflicting desires and you know the social contexts or whatever's happening you know they will just kind of bring one of those desires to the fore and then others recede and then you know so you know things it, it can be kind of messy and complicated and uh, you know i i think that most women that let me let me just put it like this um okay for men and women you can always find examples of everybody doing stupid things and doing crazy things you know i mean like male crazy looks often looks different than female crazy but no one's going to deny that you can't get crazy i mean it's like like when some jerk like drives into the parking spot in front of you, like in that moment, you're ready to commit homicide. I mean, that's kind of crazy. I mean, because your emotional reaction is completely out of proportion to the slight, you know. So, so you, you, you know, you're a human being. You have that potential to get crazy or do something really stupid or life destroying or whatever. I mean, so uh, that's a part of being human. But, but I think, and I think, I think women that really aren't truly crazy. This is a paradox. I mean, women that aren't truly crazy are the ones that will tell you that they can get crazy and that they can feel crazy and they can't quite control themselves sometimes. And one of the things that they look for in a man, of course, there's many, many of them, but one of the things that they look for in a man is somebody who is sort of strong and calm enough and centered enough who can kind of love them and pull them back to sanity. And when you get awesome women and by that I mean not liars, which is you know women that aren't lying. You know they don't have the guards up and they don't they're not they're not just sitting there telling you lies like they they would be tempted to do if you're sitting in a pub or you know chatting or whatever. And they get, you can get them to be really honest. They'll they'll tell you that. But there's there's also a hundred other things that they want. That was good. That was good. And I think we can all agree it's abs. Yeah. Abs. Also, it's not well, they cool do like abs. Yes, they do. And they like, they like butts too. You know? See, hang on. I hate to, I hate to tell you you're wrong, but I have a wife who used to be my girlfriend, Whoa. and I also used to be in shape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't mm me because I was. <laughs> okay, wasn't I? Yeah. Remember, but... <laughs> remember my abs? I remember your abs, but you also wore Velcro shoes and had big thick glasses. Well, I had abs. <laughs> okay, you had, had abs. abs. Okay, you had abs. And that's the only thing that matters to this. 
Danielle, my wife, said she didn't like that because it wasn't comfortable laying on me. I was too hard. Well, that's wow. She lied. A yeah. wise comedian <laughs> once said, <laughs> women don't want to hear your opinion. They want to hear their opinion with a male voice. Mm. Yeah, th- <laughs> He's is- not in vogue anymore. We can't talk about him. Yeah. We'll just call it B. Cosby. <laughs> this is uh, well this is another thing just to before we leave this question this is another thing that makes it a little bit difficult for guys is that is that i mean there, there's there's lying but then there's also just not having access to your there's like not having access or clarity on what your deepest yearnings are or or there is partial access but inside the woman there's a kind of an inner struggle going on because if they acknowledge to themselves in some cases, what they really want, they feel like they, they feel bad. They feel like maybe they're they're dirty or there's something wrong with them or they're, you know, um, they're not quite the ideal woman that that society or and by that, I mean, other women um, are kind of telling them they should be like, you know what I mean? So, I mean, that can also make it difficult, you know, trying to figure out what it is that your special woman or, you know, any woman wants in any particular moment they don't necessarily know or they're conflicted about whether they even admit it to themselves let alone to you right so i mean to actually get inside of a woman's head and keep her there and keep it balanced i mean you have to develop a kind of i you know kind of genius a kind of instinctive intuitive genius where you're kind of reading this beautiful creature that on her face can be totally incomprehensible and sort of read her in a way that she can't even read herself. If you can achieve that, they they just adore you, right? But I feel like you've been through some stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's been around the block. Crack open a beer right now. (laughs) But anyway, yeah. I hear there's a I hear there's a good pug down the street. (laughs) Lots of beer with him. What was that? Christina Aguilera had a song about that, right? Did what, what women want? Uh, what a girl wants? Yeah, yeah. Sing That's that. about girls. It's not about women. Oh, never mind it. I don't know. It was all about like Barbies and stuff. Let's let's hear this question. Question four. Five, four. Four. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this is perfect for you because of your political views. Who would make a better president, The Rock or Bon Jovi? Oh, well. I don't know. Bon Jovi's not a natch. Was was he born in the United, the great United States, yeah, America? Yeah. yeah, I think he's a New was, Jersey. Boy. Was the Rock? Isn't he Samoan? Oh, that's was he born in Samoa? Well, <laughs> I thought that was kind of a nice Wait, no, I feel like it isn't Samoa uh, part of America. It's just not. Now, a lot of people don't know this, but his name is actually Dwayne. <laughs> the Rock Johnson. Yeah. His middle name is The Rock. The Rock. Yeah, we, I got mm-hmm. it. I heard a rumor he used to be a wrestler. Yeah. Well, yeah, he wrestled at a couple of wrestlemen in his. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know Bon Jovi. He might know Bon Jovi. He might know The Rock. I don't know The Rock either. Is The Rock at your house right now? I've never, you know, I, I've never met Bon Jovi. No. Did you meet The I, Rock? I was kind of close to meeting him once. I've never met The Rock, no. But I did meet Rowdy Roddy Piper. You know, Ooh, he would have made a good person. Well, he was uh, Irish. He's yeah, rowdy. Scottish. Scottish, I would say. The kilts. The kilts, yeah. He was, ra- he was rowdy. He was so rowdy, he would have changed the history. <laughs> I think The Rock would make a better president, because mm. then 
they would get permission to film the next Fast and Furious in the White House. I think that's what matters. Mm. I feel like right now you have to have a firm hand. You got to be that guy that can just be like, this is the way we're doing it. So you're going with Bon Jovi. I think <laughs> I'm going with Bon Jovi. <laughs> See, you're wrong because the rock, the rock, you got to be the guy who's six foot nine, uh, 430 pounds of muscle. Nine? I don't know. I don't think I. I, I know, like he was kind of short for a wrestler. I remember I reading this article about what the Rock eats, and some guy did it, and it cost him two thousand dollars to eat like the Rock oh for a gosh. month. Wow. So I what mean, do you think of that? <laughs> it's a lot of food. Nice. Think, he's, he's six foot five. That's still pretty. That's tall. pretty. Uh, tall. That's I think the Rock big. actually has political opinions and stuff. I don't know. Is Bon yeah, Jovi into politics? I don't bon know. Jovi's from about. New Jersey, so he's probably just the oh. worst. The worst kind of, you know. <laughs> I, anyway. I thought Bon Jovi. The only thing I know about Bon Jovi is what I've learned from South Park, which is not, not probably accurate. Yeah, the only thing I know about Bon Jovi is from another podcast, mm. so it's uh, probably even less accurate. Yeah, he sang "Shot Through the Heart." No. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah. Did he? Okay. Yeah, See, I know zero. <laughs> bon Jovi. Hey, uh, while we're on the subject, did you ever meet Britney Spears? Yes, I did. Yeah. Oh. Where did that go? Can you can you just we'll just skip this question and you can just tell us <laughs> tell story. me everything you know about Britney Spears. <laughs> Why are you a fan? I'm trying. You I'm used make my move, man. You used to be a fan. You had a Kango hat with Britney Spears. I still it? love Britney Spears. Do you really? Yeah. Huh. I don't get uh, it. I met her briefly once, and uh, we did a an award presentation together. Oh my gosh! I bet that I I would hate doing like an award thing. We yeah, have to award? think about it. I don't like it. There, it was my first time. It was a little bit stressful. There's people running around barking orders at everybody, and you got to read off of a teleprompt teleprompter. And and I I was supposed to look relaxed around Britney, who at the time was you know the hugest pop star in the world, and I wasn't. So well, mm. she's yeah. You were. Don't sell yourself short. Everyone knows your your song. She she ran into the dude who played Elton. Not even in the same galaxy as Britney. Well, don't don't so don't be upset at that. No one is. No, I'm no, I'm not upset. I'm just stating it as a fact. My God. Yeah. Why are you so taken with Britney? (laughs) I don't get it. Like I see these videos she posts on her on her Facebook of her and her boyfriend. (laughs) And I just hate the guy so much. You know. Yeah, he made his wife legally change her name to Britney for some reason. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't get it till now. Yeah. Britney Spears. Anyway, do you, do you think I have a shot? <laughs> no, nah, I don't think so. But oh, you never know. Yeah, yeah, but you you don't know until you take that shot. But yeah. you don't know what women want. Fly never. to wherever she lives now and introduce her. That's the plan. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the wife and the newborn are going to be an obstacle. <laughs> they oh. always are. Man. Yeah. Stand in the way of my dreams. For a minute, I thought you meant Britney's wife and newborn, and I was like, oh, I didn't realize. No. She had a wife. Didn't she kiss Madonna once? Aren't they a thing? Mm, I thought that was right. a thing. Read no. the next question. We've Last Wait, question. Did we answer this one? We did. Uh, we rock or Bon Jovi? I picked The Rock. We all picked The Rock. We all picked The Rock. Just so tall and handsome. Now yeah. I'm. I feel like I'm a guy who likes music, but I often confuse Steven Tyler and Bon Jovi. They are the same person in my mind. 
face like they look the same. Steven Tyler looks like an old lady now. Yes. I only know Steven Tyler because of Liv, his daughter. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that time he was on that episode of Lizzie McGuire. He was on The Simpsons, correct? He was on Lizzie McGuire. Oh, okay. That's, and I'm getting confused. Lizzie it's McGuire coming back. Yeah. Lizzie McGuire is coming sure. back. That's why you're confused. Yeah. Last question. What? Really? Yeah, it's back. It's coming I hate back. This, I hate this podcast. Okay. <laughs> what would happen if everybody in the world got three wishes at the same time? Lizzie McGuire would come back. <laughs> the Rock would <laughs> we be would president. We would all use it for this one wish. Well, The Rock would be vice president. Hal Bachman would be president, prime minister, and whatever England has. <laughs> That also prime minister. I feel like you're aiming too low if you just want to be prime minister. Why don't you just marry the queen? Yeah, she's got a husband oh. too. Hey, you never know until you take that shot. <laughs> That's true, but I feel like the 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 monarchy they don't they don't have any real power in parliament, right? They have all your money. I mean, um, Boris Johnson had to ask the Queen before he suspended Parliament, but I think that was just kind of a formality. This Boris Johnson kid, what does he do? He's the Prime Minister. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just have a stroke from that question? Sorry, what? Did you ask me something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he asked you if, if everyone in the world got three wishes. Oh, oh that one. I don't know how we decide. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know how to answer that. Oh, like, I thought everybody would get three of their own wishes. No, I think everyone gets three wishes. Would just, yeah, would just everybody cancel, gets three separate. Yeah, it just all cancel itself out, though, wouldn't it? Well, that's why you would want to hold your wishes to last. Give it a few years and then make your wishes. But do the mm. babies that are born also get three wishes? Yeah, but it's a cutoff. But they won't know they have wishes because you'll use your wish to make everybody forget they had wishes. Oh, that's good. Well, um, my first wish that would be that no one else's, everyone else's wishes were canceled. Right. And then I think I could <laughs> right. live with two wishes. Yeah, you That's definitely good. could. That's good. You're a simple you man. You'd be first, first off the blocks and just wish that no one else would ever have any wishes. Exactly. And that would give you another so two. Much. Yeah, then you would get another two. Your second wish would have to be like invincibility. <laughs> no, that's awful. Just really. Tall. He's super tall. Why? So no one can stop you. He'd be super tall. Why would you want that? Like Uh, you'd be so uncomfortable. The world's not made for tall people. That's true. So who who gives you these wishes? A genie? Are you just? Let me recreate the question. What would happen if everybody in the world got three wishes at the same time? Okay, so I mean, if you wanted the honest answer, complete chaos. Just absolute chaos in the end of the world. Why? I think you, it'd be fine. Yeah, it you be. can't trust anyone with power. Josh Shaw would cancel them all out. As <laughs> you can't trust me to do that. Like honestly, <laughs> yeah, he'd be over there eating a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> this as Tal- sandwich, had another. As <laughs> as the man who knows politics better than anyone will tell us here, you can't trust anyone with power. Agreed. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good rule of thumb. There you yeah. go. <laughs> so what's so happy you're like i'm just saying everybody <laughs> everybody like i mean everybody likes to imagine that they'd be the exception but would you you know no but cory booker will be i don't think <laughs> i don't think cory booker is gonna cory's into it. politics now that there's a guy oh, really? with his name yeah 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 it's a pity it's cory booker though yeah it's nice he's, uh he's gonna be great disappointed he's running on e i think yeah mm. i 
The president being He's, president has to be a sucky job. Right? Why would you want to be? President? Everybody looks a hundred years older when they're done. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's true. That actually is a good question. Yeah. Like, I don't. I mean, I. I guess if you feel you're the only person that can like steer the country in the right direction, you have but, to be the world's biggest narcissist to yeah. want to be president. It's a thankless job for one. Yeah, I mean, the other thing too is if you. It's one of those things. Well, like, do you want to be a a relatively um, impotent fish in the pond? I mean, or or do you want to have like a whole lot of power in a smaller pond? Prime ministers have a lot more power than presidents do, but I mean, if you're president of the United States, I mean, you're you're the you know you're the the top of the most powerful nation of the world. But when it mm-hmm. comes to say making changes and pushing through different sorts of legislation. I mean, if you're a prime minister, you have way more power than a president. I mean, cause you're, I you're to, the, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was just, I'm going to dis. I was thinking about it. I'm, I got to disagree with Josh a little bit. It's not, it's, it's not a thankless job because I mean, look at Donald Trump, Donald Trump before he was president. Yeah. I mean, he maybe had a couple fans. I don't, I don't know. He's Donald Trump, whatever. He's president. Yes, he's hated by a majority of the country, but he's also like adored and almost worshipped by like 30 percent of the country. So now this could just be my perspective because I watch a lot of Food Network, but it seems like the person that could get the most things changed is the the president's wife. Right. The first lady. Oh, yeah. Like they have like a kind of secret little spot where they can get all kinds of stuff changed that you don't even know about. That doesn't. You're Michelle wrong. Michelle Obama got all the foods in the schools changed. She has community gardens everywhere. Yeah, you're absolutely wrong. Because you <laughs> think about this, she changed the future. And Nancy Reagan was hot. <laughs> she still is. <laughs> She's a babe. Michelle Obama took all the salt out of schools, so now kids don't know that things can taste good. <laughs> The restaurants in 30 years are going to be complete shit because of Michelle Obama. Hey, I don't know why you care. First of all, my girlfriend is a, is a teacher at a high school, mm-hmm. and the food has gotten much better since and the, the Obama administration and healthier. So I, I'm... I was good. I'm good with it. I don't give a shit. I don't need it at the school. They Josh, to stop doing Josh that. ate one green bean one time. You <laughs> cannot take this man's word on anything food related. You can. Corey, do you remember when they used to serve breakfast for lunch at the school? Yes. Was that not the greatest day of the year? They still do that. But they don't put salt in anymore. It's true fine. story. I, I forget her name. I ran into the old lunch lady, right? And we were talking. Mm-hmm. And she said she quit because they changed everything. It's because she's like she's lazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, things are different. I quit. No, she said the, a lot of the kids don't get good meals at home, and she knew she could at least give them a good meal at school, and now she can't. And what, now she gives them a healthy of a good one. meal. Fact. Yeah, something that tastes good. They get I'm just now. saying, Michelle Obama for president. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what is that not good? She no, she would have probably done very well. Okay. Now she's too old for Josh or something. I don't understand. <laughs> Is she dead? Why are you talking she's about She's not running. So you have to think that Michelle would have done better than these, these guys running for the Democratic nomination, right? Yeah. I mean, it, to, me, it looks pretty, to me, it looks pretty bleak. That, no, that's not true. There's a... <laughs> Who? What do you what, mean? Liz Elizabeth Warren? Warren's great. I mean, Bernie's doing just as well as he was last time. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine what he would look like after four years of being president? Joe Joe Biden's going to drop out. Pete Buttigieg is going to get a lot more people. 
Kamala Harris kind of fizzled. You think Liz can be better than I feel like anyone would have expected? Frank Atwood for third party. I'm Frank Atwood. That's the problem. He's a third party should win, but it never will. But Tal's got Tal's got the good point because you don't have to be a good politician to be president. You have to be a good showman to win the election. Oh, so I know who's gonna win. The greatest the showman. showman. We can. We P.T. Can, Barnum. Yeah. We, can, we can change it. Ranked choice voting. I'm all for it. Your third parties can get a chance. We can change that, man. You? Yes. We're not president. Tal is. Tal, <laughs> can you fix our country? Tal, if you would, wouldn't mind, the first thing that you do upon becoming the ultimate commander of uh, North America, the prime president of the United Pri- States of Canada. <laughs> president of the united states canada if you wouldn't mind uh in uh just changing the the way we vote to rank choice voting i think that'd be great yeah but your platform needs work i don't think you can actually grant three wishes to everybody <laughs> so you okay well i'll take the ranked choice i think australia has that don't they yes they do so does yeah. maine actually now so and, why, and a lot of cities yeah, so why are you a fan of that uh, well I think that it, it changes politics. It changes the way we do politics. Also, like, I'm a fan of... of. So I, fe- I feel like a lot of people feel like they have to vote with a specific person. After the primary, uh, you either vote Democrat or you vote Republican, or you vote, you waste your vote, right? That's mm-hmm. how America feels. Uh, with ranked cho- choice voting, that's not necessarily the uh, the outcome. Tell him about your plan to burn the Constitution. Yeah, I mean, I think it is a it is a it is a 200-year-old document. Let's he's, burn it. He's always just It'll saying it's okay. only a piece of paper. I'm actually kind of I'm actually kind of curious since we're we're on this. Um, and if it's too serious, we can just stop. Um, but I'm kind of curious. So you say it's a 200-year-old document, and and I mean, how how would you change it? I mean, like changing the voting system would just be one part of, amongst many different parts, like. I mean, you're, if you say you want to change the Constitution, you're talking about a completely different political system. What would it look like? Well, I think the framework would be the same. I mean, I don't know. So specifically, what would you change that? Well, that's a pretty big question, Tal. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, starters, well, you have to. Yeah, but you have every other amendment. I, I know, but you have to. You have to at least have some early answer to that before you start saying let's rip up the Constitution. Well. I was I was riffing mostly. I mean, it I'm needs to be easier to pass amendments. The Constitution is written so it can't be changed. Well, I I know yeah. what you're saying, but there's a reason there have been 1,200 amendments proposed. I, I mean, there's there's a lot of there's adding. a lot of things, and there's a lot of pros and a lot of cons. I mean, I think that I think that the I don't know. I go back and forth because I think even like the Senate is not exactly the way it should be. I mm. think that the Senate. The Senate gives a lot of like it, it makes people's votes uh, worth more in, con- in in states that don't have as, as big of a population, like say oh, California. You were vote. saying you wanted to get rid of the 19th Amendment. Yeah. That was your big one. Is that the women's right to vote? <laughs> suffrage? <laughs> He's sick of women suffering. He wants to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't you say it'd be cool if there was more older white males? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, in, yeah. In Congress. Sure. I mean. It's just there's not there's too many differing opinions nowadays. If we get all older white rich males, we'd be more cohesive. So how about this? Like, it this this would affect you, Tal, as a musician. 
the what does the Constitution do to protect you as an artist when people illegally download your songs? Nothing. Well, they don't have to anymore. YouTube's there. True. Well, I, yeah, I mean, if you want to get into that, I mean, you might, you might even ask, although this will, and we're getting into heretical territory here, you know, we're getting into the, like the realm of forbidden thoughts. Um, but I mean, if you're getting, you're going to talk about stuff like that, I, you, you got to ask what the constitution itself ever protects. I mean, it's words on a piece of paper. It doesn't mm -hmm. enforce itself. It doesn't interpret itself. Right. It's it's human beings in positions of power divided into different camps, which are in a permanent state of war fighting over territory. Now, like like, for example, the way that the First Amendment has been treated is quite different than the way the Second Amendment has been treated in the United States. So, I mean, that's an example of like the words themselves, not interpreting themselves and certainly not enforcing themselves. Or look at even regardless of what, how we feel about abortion or, or whether it should be an abortion free for all or totally banned or anywhere in between. I think most of us would be somewhere in between. Um, you know, what did the Constitution do with that? It didn't do anything in the end. Justices on the Supreme Court made a decision that a whole bunch of other people just deferred to. And that decision, even if you're the most pro-choice person in the entire world, it's that defense that 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 um, <clears throat> that decision legally is just totally indefensible. I mean, it claims that the Constitution says things that it obviously does not say, and it ignores things that it does say. For example, the Tenth Amendment says that anything we haven't specified in this document as a responsibility of the uh, of the federal government is a state issue. And of course, that's the way that abortion was settled for the first hundred you know, two, you know, almost 200 years of the United States. It was settled by residents of citizens acting democratically through their elected representatives. That's how abortion laws were settled. And suddenly, totally regardless of what the Constitution said, that issue was de-democratized. It was taken out of the democratic realm. It was taken away from the states, certainly, sent up to the federal government and now it's this, it's this, this absurd thing that's like it's just it's like totally crazy that's like every single supreme court nominee it's like another civil war has to erupt with people making false claims half false claims exaggerated claims it's a gigantic schlamazel because why because this thing that for was never was never going to tear the country apart for the first 200 years now, suddenly, it seems it always feels like that's just one of those things that is ripping the country to shreds. And my, my point is, is that the, the words on the piece of paper, they were incidental. It was like a, you know, it was like a, a, you have to say it was an illicit power grab. In fact, I would even call as a witness to my, <laughs> I'm just doing this off the top of my head. But Ruth Bader Ginsburg, not exactly a foe of abortion rights herself and of course many other people who totally support the outcome of Roe versus Wade have also conceded because they have to concede that that decision is just outrageous it's just it's it's an it's an unconstitutional decision made in the name of the constitution now that is really perverse and it's been 50 years the constitution didn't do anything to solve any of this for the last half century because again it's just words on a piece of paper 
and who interprets them and who enforces them and how they're enforced. It's the human beings in those positions of power that, that, that that's where the rubber hits the road. And so kind of to your point, um, Josh, is, you know, you, once you start thinking about this stuff and you kind of follow them down the rabbit hole, all sorts of, you know, it's kind of like pulling that thread on the tapestry and, you know, you start wondering like, man, do we need a full hard reset from the bottom up and how do we get rid of some of these problems? I mean, after all, every country has problems, but not every country has problems as, as severe in terms of the operation of government as the United States does. So you get like a, a country that has, say, a traditional parliamentary system and there's a big national debate about, say, income tax rates. But the country is not falling apart. There's not stasis. There's not there's not five different warring parties constantly at odds with each other. They each have a veto on each other. You have a in a presidential system, not just America, of course, but in a in a, a typical presidential system, you've got a president, you've got a Senate, you've got a House. Each of those have, in effect, vetoes upon each other. And then you get a Supreme Court that has a veto on whatever legislation is passed. And then you have a federal, a vast federal bureaucracy that can sabotage and has sabotaged executive orders and laws. Like we had this guy come out like a year ago and write the anonymous op-ed saying that he was part of a team that was trying to sabotage Trump orders, the Trump agenda. And they were perfectly legal, but they're secretly trying to sabotage it. So right there, you have five veto players each one of whom is kind of a rival, if not an openly hostile enemy, to the other parties. And so you get this stalemate, deadlock. I mean, it just gets nuts. And so you start to wonder sometimes, especially, I mean, the last thing I'll say, it's a bit of doom and gloom, but maybe there's, a, you know, there's light on the horizon. But when you look at the, the kind of the, the performance histories of of countries that have adopted a presidential system like America's, they've really not done that well. They've all experienced like that, that kind of that ingrained stalemate where things that things that need to be done can't get done, but things that shouldn't get done do get done, and by the wrong parties in a in a kind of unpredictable, capricious way. And then you eventually because there's this kind of system breakdown. You get a strong man, a kind of auto, an autocrat that rises, and he's going to like, he's going to put the country. He's going to get things done that need to be done, and and you know, they sometimes kind of morph into dictators. And one of the one of the kind of the terrible things about this is that when there's that system breakdown. The autocrat, the strongman, the potential dictator, you can almost make a rational argument for. That's the real heartbreaker. Because otherwise your ship is going down. You know, you're on the Titanic and you hit an iceberg and your ship is listing and it's going to go down. And there's five different captains on the ship and they're all arguing with each other. And then one guy just shows up and like kills the five guys or whatever and says like, we need to survive. Here's what we got to do. A, B, C, D. Boom. Do it. And that's so that it, 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 it's a kind of horrible thing that that almost becomes the rational way out. And so anyway, I'm just kind of riffing on your point. Like, you know, maybe, maybe it's time to consider some of these forbidden heretical thoughts. You know? I, mean, I, I get what you're saying, but you're kind of missing the real point Josh was making. 
He wants to burn the paper and make a digital copy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to put on a CD. Yeah. He, that's all he wants. Yeah, I, he thinks there should just be like a tablet sitting yeah. there. He's, the paper industry's dying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, this, <laughs> it's, it's not bit. safe keeping it as a paper. <laughs> Pyromaniac. Yeah. No, I we think got very serious good. there. We got very serious there, but vaguely. No, I, I thought it was hilarious. There. I love your your point about being a need for more old white men. That was great. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Well, <laughs> democracy used to have a feature where if the government wasn't representing you anymore, you you killed them all. Yeah, but now there's too many types of people to represent. It's just confusing. Oh, okay. but I, you know, They're being uh, represented at Netflix shows now. Don't they I have mean, that the, in uh, Like, is that... Everybody always says that, but, I mean, is there any realistic chance of that happening? No. I mean, are there, like, militias driving to D.C.? I mean, that's... I just don't see that happening. Everybody talks about it like, like we're on the verge of that happening. Like, we're not even, like... 2,000 miles away from that happening. Don't they, don't they have something much milder in Britain? <laughs> where Don't they have, like, they, they call, like, a no-faith Congress? Yeah, no confidence, yeah. No confidence, and they have a vote, a re-vote or something? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not too up on British We politics. have something similar in America, too. They, they take the men and women signs off the bathroom, and anybody can use any of them. Progress. Yeah, uh... Well, we've we've been here for a while. I think we're going to let you go so you can get back to your work there mm-hmm. in your extremely dark room. Which is yeah, confusing. I guess I should have turned the light on. Well, it was daylight yeah, was when we started earlier, right? You're just a you're just a, a floating head in our screen. Right? <laughs> yeah, we appreciate you coming on. We really do. You're you've you've been a blast. We you were made kind of, us feel like dumbasses. Yeah, sure. yeah. Seriously, I'm gonna burn all of my like fantasy books and. <laughs> Just start reading political hardbacks. And I resubscribe to Radio Lab yeah, so I'm, I can be smarter again. Uh, I'm gonna start playing a, the the rock and roll guitar and uh, join a rugby. League. Uh, you could do a lot worse. Yeah, if you don't mind, go ahead and end the podcast in the traditional manner. Yeah, I don't know what that is. That was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, okay, no. guys. Nice chatting with you. Yeah, Yeah, you too. too. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Hey, we're back again just to impress our very best friends. Golden theme song. Questions that are the power in a really awesome lit RPG, and there is that are very super extra sweet. We are J and and we're here to stay. So send in your questions, and you might hear them someday. Well, the other day I walked into a bathroom and it was just all stalls. And I thought to myself, oh, shit, I just walked in the women's bathroom. And I turned around and as I was walking out, a lady was walking in. Really? It was horrible. So you did walk into a lady's room. Yes, I did. It was a lady's room. The twist of my story is I'm not a lady. I know I may sound like one, but I'm not.